welcome to the How Did That Work Out podcast, where we share, explore, as well as inspect internally and externally, a variety of our life situations as well as others, all for the purpose of answering, how did that work out? I'm your host, Mike J. And I'm your host, Graham. Let's get into this. All right, so good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine, man. I woke up way earlier than I needed to on a Saturday, but I'm I'm happy to be uh, <laughs> getting more done than I usually do on a Saturday morning. You know, I think I think we're on the same wavelength. I got up very very early myself for a Saturday morning, and just couldn't sleep anymore, and decided to get up and you know work on some technical projects at. I started on a couple of days ago and haven't been able to finish. So it's kind of nice, you know, having the the morning to yourself, brew your coffee and get stuff done. Yeah, I I agree. And and to not let yourself sit and get confused by it, right? <laughs> <laughs> to be like, "Wait, what? Am I supposed to be doing something?" <laughs> like I I ended up just like meticulously mapping out a ride that I'm going to do. Uh, after we finish up because oh no kidding well because of that you know that horrible texas winter we just (laughs) had for a week yes yes. um hadn't been able to ride and it still can't get on the trails i spent all of this past week on the trails not all the week but like three days in a row (laughs) (laughs) um uh, sawing trees and limbs breaking them down and getting them off the trails really yeah, yeah. So you were doing basically forest management, <laughs> essentially? Um, unauthorized, renegade, road-style yeah. guerrilla forest management. Like, <laughs> you can see somebody has posted, trailhead closed, and here I go walking in with a saw, and I'm like, let's get this shit cleared up so we can do some riding. Yeah. Nice. Dude, that is definitely a, a you know, take action kind of move right there. Well, I mean, you know, it's sit around, right? It is sit around and wait, uh-huh. or just get shit done, right? And there's been other guys out there on their respective segments, like you know where they live. They're doing their cleanup, and we're all giving each other little <laughs> thumbs up, man. Doing one. There's a there's a group that's going to meet out behind the neighborhood today if it doesn't rain. Um, but I got to do my ride first. I haven't ridden in two weeks. So you're jonesing. <laughs> Yeah, and it's going to be above ground. It's all going to be, you know, road top, gravel, okay. road, gravel, packed gravel trails. Sure. Nothing, not going to be riding up the side of a tree or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suspect with this uh, winter blast, which I think was part of a polar vortex that they called it. And um, I think that was going to be probably our, our coldest stretch of, of this, the winter season. So it, it can only get better from there. and like you, I want to get my bike out as well, my e-bike, um, and start hitting the hitting the road with you again here at some point when it starts getting to be a decent temperature in the mornings. But in the afternoons, if it can stay in the 70s, I might be able to get the convertible out and uh, shake some cobwebs off of that thing too. Yeah, I know. I think we're stepping into that weather here. We get a nice little little blink of it and then we go into scorching desert weather <laughs> <laughs> yeah texas is definitely the uh the state of extremes isn't it <laughs> in terms of weather <laughs> sure enough <laughs> 
but that was good. You know, our, our winters really last, you know, I say our winters last all of three weeks. We had the one real bad storm, uh, that, you know, shut everything down, but in, in the grand scheme of things, that was essentially our winter, the one week. <laughs> I mean, it got chilly other days, but I'm, you know what I mean? It was like, that was winter. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> it, well, it was wildly transitional. I feel like once it went away, you know, we got into these beautiful, beautiful blue sky mm-hmm. days and outdoor temps. I mean, it's gloomy and cool this morning, but we did have three weeks prior to that. We had fully, we were fully blanketed in snow. Yeah, that's true. So we, we had a weird kind of staggered, aggressive winter, if you ask me. It snowed uh, twice yeah. in Austin and, well, Dallas too, right? It yeah. snowed there. Yeah. So it snowed twice in, in one year, which is in of itself not a regular thing. So um, I, guess, I guess I should be uh, concerned about global warming if it's snowing. Is that how it works? <laughs> Even if it's not snowing, <laughs> I think we should be concerned. Oh, okay. Okay. Because, <laughs> uh, you know. When I think of warming, I think, you know, hot, not snow. So <laughs> I get a little little wrapped around the axle on that one. Yeah, I think it's a little <laughs> bit of a misnomer. But uh, <laughs> things are changing. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, so how was your week? How's your week been? Oh, it was good. I mean, um, lots of work, uh, lots of trail work, like I mentioned. Um, good things going on uh, on the family front. And... I feel like there's something I'm missing and it'll come up to me in a random ADD moment, I'm sure, as we're talking. But uh, <laughs> overall, it was a really good week and very serendipitously. Um, yesterday, my clients got real quiet and I had you know, gotten pretty caught up on work. And so I just basically hung out with my daughter all day. Really? Yeah, yeah. We were out in the garage working on our bikes together. She was using a rubber mallet to hammer in those little uh, handlebar <laughs> frills, you know, that you put on bikes. Yes. She was so proud of herself yes. for using a hammer for the first time. <laughs> nice. Nice. You got to turn in her own wrenches now. That's good. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do want to get her her own set and I don't want uh-huh. it to be a baby set. I want it to be a real yeah. set. I'm yeah. trying to time it with when I think she's, you know, you know, responsible. Enough. Sure. Sure. Well, how about you though? How was yours? I mean, it was it was uh it was a good week. Um kind of like you. I wrapped up my week early, and that's yeah. a great feeling. Oh, and yeah. when I say early, I mean, you know, pretty much Thursday, you know, two o'clock, I had you know achieved all my objectives for the week, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Which means, you know, I had the afternoon of Thursday. Um, to get caught up on some other things I'd been wanting to do, like some, you know, technical training. And then Friday, we have a, a no meetings on Fridays kind of rule. Yeah. And um, so just had, you know, a couple of back and forth with, uh, with a team leader on, uh, on a project that I'm, I'm helping them out with. And then it was more technical training on Friday. So it was really chill. And I just, I love that. I'm I'm willing to bust my ass all week if that means I get a little time back at the end of it all, you know, because it's a nice, uh, long segue into the weekend. And so I agree, man, there's very little stress and, you know, yeah, that one extra day, whether it's on the beginning of the weekend or mm-hmm. the end of the weekend, it just makes 
all the difference. And I'm, I'm pretty, and I, I feel like you and I are pretty aligned on that. I'm pretty slow and steady wins the race, mm-hmm. but I love those spikes where you get a reward. I yes. love it. Yeah. 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 And for me, it ties back to the whole, you know, I'm an efficiency junkie. Right. And so, mm. uh, and we talked, uh, last episode about, you know, protecting your time and this all comes into play with that. And, you know, when you, when you are protective of your time and you are, you know, selective as to mm. what meetings you're going to attend, does it really matter? Is it really worth it? Are you really contributing? Cause I see so many people just complain about how many meetings are in. And the first question that I want to ask is, well, do you have to be at all of them? Or do you just accept all of them blindly and then you want to complain about how busy you are and you can't get anything done when really you probably right. could, right. <laughs> right. you know, do you really need to be yeah. at all 10 meetings every day? No, I don't think so. I, I really have a hard time believing it. Now some, yeah, maybe, but also with the efficiency stuff, right? And that is whatever your technique is, if it's Pomodoro or if it's just, you know, the, you know, deep, uh, what do they call that? Deep, uh, deep mind work. Um, I think that it all ties together really well. And that's your tangible reward is toward the end of the week. It is just because everyone else wants to slow down too. And you're always going to have that straggler that wants to jump on the, on an hour long phone call on a Friday. And that now I can say, well, I'm, I'm not available. Let's either move it to early next week, or I can talk now because they're asking me like on a Thursday, you know, I can talk now, but Friday's not good. So the efficiency stuff, it it does, it does add value, right? And the time protection that, I mean, it pays back, you know, tenfold. It really does. Yeah, it really does. And, and just like any sort of mental sort of subscription we have to ways of life, it's, there's general rules and guidelines and, and strong principles to adhere to. Mm-hmm. But if you take a black and white approach, you're doing it wrong, right? It's contextual. Yes. It's case by case sometimes, mm-hmm. or it's like ease into it until you've configured it correctly for this situation <laughs> and then lock it in. Right. Yeah, I think the organic, uh, you know, evolution Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. your method is, quite frankly, the best. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of of productivity methods that are extremely structured, like getting things done or GTD. Mm -hmm. That thing is so complicated for me that I spend, I would spend more time trying to adhere to it than I would just getting shit done the way I do it. Mm. Right. You see? And the way I do it is obviously an evolution of my own trials and errors, what works, what doesn't. Right. And so it organically morphs into this hybrid of, you know, perhaps other techniques, but then some of your own that you discover by, by trial and error. And uh, so I don't, I, I tend to, to, to stay away from the heavily structured, uh, you know, group think that the way to get things done you know, is to have this complicated series of, you know, steps and evaluations to determine whether or not you're going to get something done that day. I mean, I don't need all that analysis. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's just a matter of prioritization, right? And uh, and then knowing whether or not you have flexibility on some of those. And then, you know, where you do maybe, you know, renegotiate if you need a little more time or just get it done and, and be done with it. So, 
there is no one size fits all for sure, but I would also encourage anybody looking into any sort of efficiency methodologies, um, go into it with, at the end of it all, you're probably going to have like a build your own that comes from different influences. But I rarely, rarely uh, have succeeded when I adhere to the letter or even, even just closely, right? Not even like, like, you know, firmly, but just closely, um, it just, it, it ends up just falling apart. And then I end up being less efficient because I'm so worried on, am I doing the technique right? So I just throw that out the window, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you've, so you've just said it, um, in, well, (laughs) here's, here's what I'm hearing is you, you don't need a two letter letter methodology because you have something that works for you and it works really well. And as you're putting in the front work to, to try to um, fit into this model, you're also aware of the pains of squeezing your heel into this new pair of shoes. And you're thinking, instead of feeling this pain, I could be actually being productive. Yes. And that's a paradox to screw with that you're just like, ain't got time for it. Got something that works. I dip my toe. I'm done. But, <laughs> and then as you, you, as you speak out to the audience, yeah, if you don't, have something or you've kind of toyed with something try a few things on try on a few pair of these methodology shoes see what feet nope see what fits (laughs) see what foot fits in your feet and (laughs) um which gives you the least (laughs) friction and go with that and tweak it to fit your style exactly right uh and i know that some people do get scared like if i deviate then i won't learn away from myself. Mm-hmm. I think we should also trust ourselves that we are an evolutionary yeah. being, right? We are evolutionary beings. And so we are going to adapt eventually. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just probably of the age and of the experience where I don't really have neither the time nor the desire to adopt wholesale changes. Incrementals are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, those work the best because if it's an incremental you didn't spend a whole lot of time deciding if it's going to work or not and if you decide to abandon it you're not having to rework everything that comes before it and after it it's really just a a minor you know uh removal of or an excision of that which doesn't work in favor of you know maybe something else that does or something else you're willing to try but when you do it in the small pieces it has less of a larger um you know derogatory impact uh, so, um, yeah, I love that. Know. Yeah. You, you take that little small piece, uh, in this is almost in anything you do, you know, in the spirit of trying to do everything better each, each time mm-hmm. or not necessarily best yourself, but just refine the process, make things better. Try to not get into zombie mode mm-hmm. and just check boxes. Right. right. Hey, here's a little thing I want to try this go around. Going to try one new thing, mm-hmm. going to adjust one variable yes. so I can measure its outcome. I mean, so that's just everything. <laughs> I mean, that's habits, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, aren't habits usually the things that come naturally to you and you don't even realize when they became a habit? I mean, at some point they had to have been new, yeah. but you've been doing whatever, you know, said habit is for so long that you don't even realize that you adapted to a habit, it didn't, you didn't start out with that habit. You, you adopted it, right. Or even evolved it. Maybe it didn't even start out the same, but it, but the, 
the nugget, the kernel of the of the the origin is there, and it evolves over time. So that's why I say if you let your your productivity methodology uh, grow organically, don't force it like, ooh, I've got to because so and so productivity guru said I have to do it like this. Right. I say let it go organically because that's what you're going to stick to is mm-hmm. the one that is uh, basically you know uh, unconscious. You know, habits are, for the most part, unconscious, right? So when you adopt a methodology that works for you and, and let it grow organically, it then becomes unconscious, and you're doing it without even realizing it. Yeah. And yeah. that's the most comfortable place to be, I think. Yeah, that's where you've got your physical, your mental, and your emotional already mapped to this mm-hmm. experience. And that stuff just goes by the wayside, and you can focus on the thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that was that was a good uh, that was a good kind of a review, but also I think we we touched a little more on you know efficiency and productivity, kind of helping with those those time stealers. Oh uh, yeah, you know. yeah, and I f- I feel like we could even dedicate an entire episode to efficiency mm-hmm. methodologies. Um, we, we know they exist, and yeah. there's some that have bubbled up to the surface for different reasons. But it, it might be good to just kind of do a you know, an FAQ on those or just yeah. kind of a, uh, let's, let's talk through the top five, what we yeah. like or don't, I don't know, something like that. Kind of a comparison, you know, the, the pros and cons of yeah. each and then yeah. compared to one another, you know, maybe even who they're best suited for. Cause yeah. I would think different methodologies are suited for maybe different kinds of work or different kinds of, um, you know, mentalities that, that, that process information, you know, differently. Like if yeah. you're a visual person, this might help you. If you're an audio, audio, you know, person, then maybe this is for you. That mm. sort of thing. Yeah. All right. Um, well, you ready to take a break? Yeah. Let's get a little yeah. refill. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the follow button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much. Now, back to the show. All right. So we are back. Got our cups refilled. And uh, we were uh, initially talking about uh, methodologies for efficiency, how they vary, but also uh, how you can perhaps organically grow one of your own without having to strictly adhere to a specific methodology. But before that, you were mentioning about how you were clearing up the trails mm-hmm. so that you can go on your bike rides, Graham. And I, I definitely want to get out there as well, but I'm, I'm kind of spoiled. So I do need it to yeah. warm up just a little bit more. But, but one thing I'd noticed with your bike rides is number one, you are, you are very consistent mm. with your bike riding. And, and that is admirable because that takes a fair amount of, of discipline mm-hmm. to do that. But I've noticed other uh, effects here where I've, I've seen you, I mean, not that you were overweight before, but you just seem to be leaner. Uh, your mind is sharp. You're always, you know, on top of things. And I know the bike riding and the fresh air kind of does that. But really, I mean, what is your, what's your secret to getting out there every day? What's your secret to looking better? Uh, and I can notice a difference inside and out. So, I mean, how do you do it, man? Yeah. Yeah, just thinking about where to where to start. Um, as you were <laughs> as you were asking, it's it's really simple stuff, right? And it's strong principles 
and I think you said the word discipline. Um, so I'll, I'll back up a little bit, and then I'll back up further, and then I'll take <laughs> a run and start at it. Um, in 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 the show in the episodes i often make uh reference to the shades of gray in between the binary logic right yes. the black and white that can be really destructive and create these kind of like um circular arguments or or sort of like perpetual failure because we sometimes think of things it has to be this or it has to be that it can't be a um circumstantial version or gradient of the polar sides right so it's a it's a journey not a destination that's something that was illuminated for me when i was um like 15 i went to this trade school uh for the first half of the day at high school and it was for it was a graphic at that time they called it commercial art but it's just graphic design and we all got these little pencils that said, creativity is a journey, not a destination. And I thought, oh, that's, that's woo-woo. You know, that's a bunch of shit. I can't, <laughs> I don't know what, even what that means. But <laughs> as, as you emotionally mature, you realize this whole thing we're on is a wild, wacky journey, right? That we can control with our our proactive decisions and our reactions. Yes. Um, so nutrition plays a big part of why I'm able to get up at least five times a week. If I had it my way, I'd, I'd ride every single day for two to three hours. I mean, that would be my utopia. Wow. Um, as I got older, I've learned, um, how important it is for me to be outside, you know, uh, the word recreation, it's recreation. That's the structure of that word. And getting out into nature helps a person recreate themselves, mm. regenerate, maybe, you know, think, think about basic things, uh, sort of, mm -hmm. you're an organic piece of matter, meat sack <laughs> out in, out in the wild. Hey, who you the way, meat sack, pal? <laughs> yeah. The, you know, the way we, the way we started, there's something really primal about that, that I love. And so that's why I do the, the biking whizzing through trees on two wheels and nutrition's a big part of that. And that started really young for me. And that's the journey. Uh, this There's a very long-tailed way to get to this nutrition journey that I've gone on that in the early days I couldn't control. My parents grew up in Detroit, uh, very blue-collar. My mom and dad, when they had us, they wanted to get us out of Detroit for some reasons I can say and some reasons I can't say. <laughs> they moved us way out into the country, sort of started not not in the beginning they had to get their shit together but we eventually for a good run had this sustainable farm mm. you could walk out behind the uh not that we sustained ourselves on it but we could have that they had ambitions as i as i've mentioned liberal hippies Mm -hmm. So, um, <laughs> commune style type stuff. <laughs> well, they wanted to make changes, but God damn, that's a lot of work. So yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Change is hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they did it by just kind of focusing inward. And, you know, we had the livestock. Um, we also had the, the fresh garden right behind the house. Vegetables, fruits, you name it. Underground foods, above ground foods, vine foods. It was awesome. I learned about where fruit or food comes from. It mm -hmm. comes from that goat that I'm that I was just petting yesterday and it's now hanging in the garage. It comes from those beans my sister and I just spent two hours snapping under a tree so my mom could put it into a casserole. At the time, I didn't embrace it. It sucked. Shoveling <laughs> shit and pulling <laughs> weeds and all that stuff. Um, but so when I got out of the house in my 20s, I went on a fast food bender. I ate at Jack in the Box. You know, I ate at McDonald's. I ate every piece of garbage. Sorry to name these places like this, calling you, <laughs> calling you out for poisoning the world. A little judgy, aren't we? I know. I, I, caught my, <laughs> I caught myself. I ate at McBlagnose and Frank in the Box. Um, we can cut all that out. Um, anyway, fast food bender. Um, I felt like I was starting to like break my body, break my system. I felt sludgy. Um, I gained a lot of weight, especially when I stopped waiting tables and bartended and got an office job. So sitting on my ass all day, it caught up with me. Um, and honestly, and so right then I'm about 24, 23 or 24. That might've been one of the best things that ever happened to me because I realized, oh, you, you can't cheat it. You've got to do it right. And then I turned it around and I got really, really fit, like lean, mean, musk, you know, what you're supposed, you know, and I learned from that, oh, it's what I shove in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> and it's what I do with my body all day. That predicts how big my pants are. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's basic stuff. It's 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 not a pill that somebody decided I needed. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, changes in course that I, I, along with my body communicating back to me, decided I needed. And in that journey, man, um, I was eating everything but clean, everything, mm -hmm. or in moderation, or with a certain amount of discipline. And then you start experimenting, ooh, kale, quinoa. <laughs> you know, you really start digging deep, drinking aloe juice and all that fun stuff. Um, and, and a lot of this is stuff from, the, you know, the past. So it wasn't really weird. It was almost like a re revisiting all that. Oh, okay. So like our pantry growing up, dried pineapple rings was an exotic uh, indulgence, mm -hmm. you know, like, have you ever had sweet crystallized fruit? Yes. Been... Yes. It's sweet, but when your other option is dried apple chips or, <laughs> you know, uh, homemade uh, carob <laughs> or some, something very un-kid-friendly. Yeah. You'll eat the crap out of some pineapple rings. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was eating everything. And then I stopped eating pork. It just, I'd eat it and I'd feel heavy in the gut, right? And then beef started getting cut off the list. And then it was just chicken and fish. And I was like, well, I'm getting kind of 
picky over here, but I'm feeling better. And then chicken went away and it was just fish and veg. And you said I wasn't overweight. I was technically obese by measurement. High really? weight, age. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it might have been a scale from the 50s, you know, when every, <laughs> every young man was shaped like an upside down triangle. Right. <laughs> chest out, chin out. I don't know. But that really bothered me. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the change. I'm, I've been sort of, you know, dancing with it here. I'm getting close to it. Just make the jump. And I just adjusted my diet to, uh, to the, to be the vegan diet. Um, and it's so easy these days. There's so many options that I don't even have to think about it. And, and I'll be honest, like once in a while, once a month, like my daughter will order a, you know, she'll order a pizza or she'll have like a burger where she doesn't eat the last bite. I'm like, let me take a little chomp out of this <laughs> and I'll eat it. And like, goddamn, burgers are good. But you know, it's not like, um, some like coveted, um, secret thing that I want. it's, it's just, it's something I don't need anymore. And it, it seems like it scratches the itch when you have just a taste of it. It's like, yeah, okay. I, I remember. Yeah, it's good, but not really worth the longer term effects that you experience from that. Yeah, exactly. And so exercising excessively, <laughs> which is, eh, or consistently, yeah. and and eating a, a pretty clean diet. Now, there's trade-offs. A lot of that pre-processed vegan food, it'll have a lot of fat in it or a lot of sodium in it. Mm. So there's, you know, it's no golden ticket to, yeah. to your f physical freedom or, you know, fountain of youth. But uh, you, you just got to watch for that. You can't set it and forget it. It's like all this other stuff you and I talk about, right? Like mm -hmm. you've got to do it deliberately, pay attention, and tweak it to fit you. It's very personal, right? Like You have to cultivate it. You have to maintain it. Yeah, yeah. Give it attention. Yeah. Uh, one of my clients a couple of weeks ago just said it so well. He goes, it's like a garden. You have to maintain it mm -hmm. or it'll overgrow mm -hmm. and it won't be a garden anymore. It'll just be a pile of weeds. Yeah. Well, and I know that your guilty pleasure when we would have our, our coffee talks uh, in person, um, I know that uh, you had a weakness for uh, the blueberry uh, flavored coffee with the Italian sweet cream, yeah. although it was sugar free. Yeah. That was kind of like your guilty, uh, guilty pleasure. But I think if you did any more than that, you would experience actual discomfort if you were to, you know, do more of a, a non-vegan friendly uh, type diet, right? It, it, you have, you had physical effects, no? Um, I mean, physical effects, it was mainly like heavy in the gut. Well, mm -hmm. also, also after my, uh, fast food vendor in my twenties, I started to learn that I had a propensity for high cholesterol and, oh. and that's really dangerous, um, uh, mm -hmm. to screw around with. And so knowing that, and having two grandfathers that uh, one got laid out uh, by a heart attack, but he recovered, and uh, one had a heart attack and did not recover. Those kind of things are in the front of your mind. And it's like, mm -hmm. so I can either repeat history, or I can take what I know, look at my situation, and, and make some thoughts and changes. 
So I have a question though. What if you're in your fifties and you're still on that fast food bender you just talked about? <laughs> Different for everyone, right? Like, like <laughs> that person in their fifties on a fast food bender, I'm slightly jealous, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> that person might have the body type, right? Like there's all of this um, hereditary stuff that plays in that we don't even know about. Like, you right. know, there's the, what do they call it? The the Viking curse where <laughs> you, you can't, uh, a buddy of mine uh, mentioned this to me. Like he has to eat a lot of, what was it? He has to eat a lot of some meat because he retains iron or doesn't get enough iron. You know, it's it's something about the body type, the genetics and the heritage and that bloodline. Um, I'll be honest, it's also, you know, it's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You might have a tendency toward X, Y, and Z. You have to apply it to your modern day life, right? Like, for example... Um, People who like the, oh, this is, I'm going to eat the big breakfast, a good hearty breakfast in the morning, fill myself. That's what you did when you went and worked out on the farm for eight hours. You had to fill yourself up because so, you were out there sure. with, you know, your weird metal lunchbox and thermos and, and <laughs> you didn't have fast food. But maybe, maybe that doesn't apply today. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the one that's still on the bender in his fifties, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but, but, jealous. When, but, you know, uh, but you're right though, when you do fill up with things that, you know, you know, aren't good for you, it's a, it's a twofold, it's a twofold, uh, discomfort. Number one, you know, you shouldn't be eating it. So you've got a, a horrendous guilt. And then secondly, mm -hmm. you have the effects that it, that it does play on your body, you know, in terms of, um, you know, your body not being able to process it correctly. And so it turns into fat and then you feel more weighed down, lethargic, uh, you know, bad skin, you name it, right? I mean, right, all these effects right. that come with it. And that's where I've really taken note of not just not just the discipline that it takes to to stay on on your vegan eating plan but mm. also the fact that you're i mean like with your bike riding your your eating plan you're just you're all about it you're just like it's not even a, a sacrifice of any kind that and you actually enjoy it and that that actually impresses me mm. you know um I, I, you're the rest of your family doesn't eat doesn't eat vegan right no, no, yeah. they're omnivores. So, yeah. so that's got to also maybe present a challenge or two. But you're you're so firmly set that it's again not even a sacrifice for them to eat what they eat, and then you to eat what you eat that you know works better for you. You know, uh, yeah, I have a um, sort of an uh, I guess you might call it obsessive personality. When I'm into something, I'm <laughs> really into it, and like with with biking. I know it's good for me physically, mentally, my n nature spirit, <laughs> my, <laughs> my spirit animal. <laughs> um, but there's mornings I'll get up and be like, I don't want to. I just don't. I just don't want to. But I'll just start getting dressed. And by the time I'm out in the garage putting my gear on my body, mm -hmm. I'm amped. I'm into it. Really? You can't listen to that self mm -hmm. that's laying in bed under the cozy covers with nine minutes of snooze, just a just a tap away. That part of you is 
I wouldn't say it's like 100% toxic and it should be dismissed, but you should argue with that part of you that says, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. The other, you know, it's like the angel and devil little thing yeah. on one shoulder. It's like, yeah, no, just just do it. Take the steps. Take one step and, and do another one. Put the clothes on. You know, and, and there's this kind of like uh, unspoken dialogue. Like, well, if you get to the garage, <laughs> you're all suited up. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel like it, go lay back down. Like, you need to listen to yourself, mm-hmm. but... Have those have that friction so that you can make fire. That's very well put. And I think that people that like go to the gym five AM every day, mm-hmm. it's that same mm-hmm. that same thing. In other words, they're not necessarily in love with getting, you know, up at five AM. They're not necessarily in love with getting to the gym, but once they get there, they're they're in. They're all in. And yeah. you know, I I have experienced similar feelings, maybe not with bike riding or, you know, gym attendance, but, you know, for me, coming from the military, I I really don't get excited about a lot of physical activity anymore. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot for, you know, I mean, if it's racquetball and if it's, you know, riding a bike, that's fine. You know, I can, Mm -hmm. I can get into it, but I can also easily talk myself out of it. But there's, but there's other things that, I don't allow myself to talk myself out of. So mm. for the stuff that I think I can let slide, um, you almost feel like you're getting away with a little something, you know, like, sure. Ooh, I can sure. lay in bed and you know, no big deal. Right. And, and yes, mm-hmm. you maybe let yourself down for that day, but there's other things where I can power through, uh, no matter how difficult, because I'd made up my mind you know, we're, I'm going to get through this or I'm going to do this or achieve this or accomplish this. Um, so I, I guess it, you know, just thinking about it out loud, it has a lot to do with your own personal commitment to the activity, not necessarily the lead up to it. Right. You, yeah. And, and maybe even, you know, this goes, this might go back to goals. We talk about goal mm-hmm. setting a lot mm-hmm. in previous episodes and, Sometimes a goal is something you run to and a goal is something you're running. You're not running away from the goal, but Mm -hmm. you're running away from a thing Mm -hmm. that's not letting you achieve your goal. And I honestly am doing both. Mm -hmm. I'm running away from poor health Mm -hmm. and I'm running to, I mean, it boosts confidence to slip into a smaller pair of jeans, you know, or, or you're just kind of beaming with that sort of like, not runner's high is not the word, but you know how you feel when you're dang, I accomplished something. Yes. I'm feeling good. I can, I'm ready for the challenges, you know, take on the world. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and like for you, it's the, the bike riding, but also the, the better eating for others. It may be, uh, finishing a, a course of some kind, uh, a knowledge mm-hmm. course or a, a mm-hmm. college, a college or some kind of a computer course, you know, or any sort of certificate based course that you actually put in the work. You sat, you know, you sat through to learn and then you studied the material, then you applied the material and then you were able to pass the the final exam and you got that, that achievement, right? And, and those need to be celebrated. Yes. The achievement in itself is recognition, but I think just a, a mini celebration, you know, like, um, if I have an awesome ride, those get celebrated. My, my little network of guys that I follow and mm-hmm. follow me, Hey, thumbs up. Hey, wow. Good time. What's your, you know, so that's kind of baked in mm-hmm. to the activity, 
But yeah, if it's something that you're pursuing for personal, uh, professional, or, you know, spiritual um, improvement, get the certificate, but also lock that moment and that achievement in time with some kind of put something real positive around it to to acknowledge it beyond the certificate, right? Oh, I like that. No, yeah, you got to definitely take some time to to mm. savor it mm-hmm. and maybe even reflect what it took to get that and mm-hmm. what it can mean for you now that you've got it. I I think we rob ourselves of that, you know, quite a bit. And uh, I know I talk about my dad a lot, but I remember when I was uh, just a a young private in the army, I got promoted to uh, PFC. And so I was excited, called my dad. Hey, dad, I just made PFC. And he's like, great. Now, when are you going to make corporal? And I was like, can I first enjoy this? <laughs> you know, I, you know, I don't uh, maybe take the rest of the day and, you know, not try to set the world on fire and just kind of appreciate the the fact that, you know, I did get promoted and it, and it was a, it was an earlier than expected promotion. So that in of itself was that achievement. And, uh, so I think if we if we let others try to kind of take that away from us, um, we owe it to ourselves to slow other people down, you know, and, and we don't want to always live to other people's expectations. Um, but in a way, in a way, we, we kind of fall into that, don't we? So with with, with my dad, I was like, mm-hmm. it was weird. It was like it sat with me like, OK, don't know. Uh, number one. Number two. Today is about the fact that I made PFC, not, not, it's not about when I'm going to make corporal or how I'm going to make corporal. It's about that I made PFC. And so I, (laughs) I protected that, that moment. Um, And yet I also worried at the same time that my dad would think I'm less of a go-getter, even though I got my first, you know, promotion, you know, early, earlier Mm. than expected, Um, turned out I got my second promotion earlier than expected as well, but it wasn't because he said that, right? Like when, when are you going to get the next one? Mm -hmm. It was because like you, I had, I had goals and I also enjoyed what I did. And so it wasn't a lot for me to put in the extra. Um, but when you do get that thing that you're, you have your eye on, don't let anybody rob it by trying to throw some other obstacle in your way yeah. or some other level of achievement right at you just as you just finished the one. I mean, take time and appreciate and savor that accomplishment of the moment. Yeah. You know, yeah. whether it's a day, a yeah. week, or even a month, just take some time before you recalibrate and, and then work toward your next achievement. That's right. Break that arm patting yourself on the back. You deserve <laughs> well, it. Yeah, crazy. I wouldn't go that far. Like, you know, driving driving through the neighborhood and screaming, you know, I just got my degree, you know. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> not you know, saying that, but <laughs> parents that parent dynamic, man, they can steal a moment. Uh, you just reminded, I'll match you one for one. Nice. You just reminded me that when I was, especially in my 20s, I was really ambitious. You know, um, I felt like I was doing all the right things. And, and I I didn't have a lot of like academic guidance. And I honestly wouldn't say if I, for the most part, if I had like the kind of like life guidance, it was reactive, mm-hmm. right? Which typically means 
you're doing it wrong, you idiot. <laughs> and in my 20s, I, I remember I'd come to my mom and about, usually I was, I was trying to develop myself professionally. This, this became really important to me. <laughs> as, it, as it probably should. And um, I'd come to her really excited about like a new job or a new kind of venture I was going into. And, and she would just look me dead in the eye and her first reaction was to go straight for the throat and be like, do you have health insurance? <laughs> and it was a conversation killer. Yeah. Like that pretty much like, you know, what do you, how do you react to that? Right. And... I mean, honestly, I was a single guy, no kids. Yeah. Screw it if I have health insurance, you know, but that was her way to kind of, um, I won't question her motives. I'll say she was asking, are you looking at the whole picture? I'll give her that credit. But um, to me, she was doing exactly what you just described, at least in the way that it feels. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh. Okay, I guess I'll just go fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally robbing robbing you of of the moment, and it, it's funny because I know. I mean, you you really opened up something here when you said that she, you would hope that she meant that you. You know, were you actually looking at a bigger picture than just right. the immediate? And and you know, maybe you were, maybe she was worried you would be glorifying or glamorizing the positives without really looking at, okay, but mm -hmm. here's the, here's the, the, the harsh realities. Right. But mm -hmm. there's a time and a place and, and yeah. Yeah. Don't lead with it. Yeah. Get into you know, it. Give a high five, you know, give a high <laughs> yeah. five or a hug or, Hey, I'm proud of you. And then, yeah. you know, maybe a little bit later, you know, not even the same day, just go, you know what? I was just wondering, what do you, do you have health insurance, you know, covered? Cause you know, I mean, it's great. There's just a, uh, there's just always a right way and a wrong way. And I think when it comes to family, we think we don't need those same buffers that we would give to a complete stranger. Right. right? <laughs> right. I mean, right. you know, yep. when I was, when I was growing up, I was so, I was, I was a hopeless romantic growing up hmm. and I wanted to be an artist mm -hmm. and I wanted to be, an artist back when you could actually create art, you know, by hand, you know, painting and drawing and, you know, things of that, you know, even, you know, pottery or, you know, sculpture. Uh, now, right, now everything right. can be done by computer and 3d little printers. one hitter, little one hitter pipes in your, uh, in your <laughs> ceramics class. <Yeah. laughs> I, I never did that. I, I held a security clearance <laughs> in the army, so I had to stay clean my whole uh, high school career. Um, but, uh, in any case, though, when I, I mean, well before high school, I mean, gosh, middle school, I knew I wanted to be an artist and I wanted to study in France. Uh, and I wanted to be an, you know, an artist, more so like a graphic illustrator. I mean, album covers, uh, book covers, um, concept art, uh, you know, you name it. And every time I'd say that out loud... I, ha I have a grandfather. Um, he's he's still with us, um, but I'd say, yeah, I'm going to be an artist, and uh, he'd be like, you know, there's a lot of starving artists out there. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. thanks. Yeah, what does that mean? You know, right? I mean, I'm a kid. I'm in middle school, right? And you want to, you know, you want to bring this, uh, you know, this kid down with, 
A lot of starving artists. Okay, so what does that mean? I'm going to be one. You hope I'm not one of them, or you'd help me to ensure I'm not by supporting me. Just yeah, there's a lot yeah. of starving artists out there. You know, uh, several several years later, I was you know starting a business, and I said, "Wow, you know what, Gramps? I'm starting a business, and I'm you know uh, taking on a business partner." And he's like, "You know, half of all businesses fail, right?" <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> okay, so I'm hoping not to be that half. Maybe the other half that succeeds. Yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and and it, it's funny that you mentioned the whole seeing the bigger picture because, mm-hmm. like your mom, that may have been him. Yeah. But yeah. what I saw it as as here is a kid, okay, who's who's reaching for the stars. And he was a, he was a blue collar guy. He Mm -hmm. had to, you know, Mm -hmm. he had to get up and go and earn his pension. Okay. And I'm not thinking of pensions. I'm not thinking of retirements. I'm thinking of, you know, uh, you know, painting, you know, on, on the riverbank, you know, and I'm thinking of, you know, starting a business and having an office in a high rise and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm reaching for the stars and he is stuck in, in a hard reality for him, which is he's got to get up and go to work every damn day and toil in order to get his pension. Um, so it was one of, one of two things for me, right? Number one, it was, you know, Hey, you know, get, get back below deck and roll like the rest of us. Okay. (laughs) You know, (laughs) quit your dreaming, you know, come back and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, help us roll the boat. Yeah. Get out of the stars there, sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or, uh, more of a, um, you know, this kid is bright and this kid wants to go places. Let me show him I'm smart too. Yeah. You see, let me show him that I'm thinking on a plane that's above his so I can be smarter than than this kid who thinks he knows it all. That's why we don't share our hopes and dreams with uh, <laughs> blue-collar folks that have been dealt life's disappointments, successes, <laughs> and failures. <laughs> and filter everything through that. And I'm talking about my people. Yes. <laughs> Mine too. As well. Mine too. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's why academia works because it's the spirit of let's explore the possibilities, let's mm-hmm. challenge that, let's 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 look at it ten different ways. Give me more ideas, pursue mm-hmm. passion, and that's why that's a sacred place. And you know, my mom sitting at her <laughs> dining room table, well, they got goddamn insurance. <laughs> 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 that that's not going to lift me up, but it is going to. Uh, it's it's it did something else for me. Well, sure. I mean, it brought you back to earth, and now gave you something else you need to worry about. Instead of worrying about you know being awesome, now you've got to worry about you know something that you didn't think you even had to worry about because somebody said you should. Maybe maybe we're realizing something here, like in real time on the show mm-hmm. is that that's, that's why mentors are so important because you have a passion to pursue, get somebody who has different motives, you know? Yeah. Who, who wants to see you succeed. <laughs> yeah. Our folks are always going to ruin it for us. Let's just, <laughs> <laughs> let's just agree. Maybe, <laughs> but, and it could be that, you know, one degree of removal. It could be a, a, a an uncle, mm-hmm. you know, one yeah. of your parents, siblings, or or even an aunt. There's all these, all these people out there who are sort of, you know, authority figures in your life that 
maybe they were just waiting to be asked. I mean, I had one of my nephews ask me, when he was 14, I think he was kind of trying to shape his idea of how the rest of his life was going to roll out. I think he was starting to make plans very um, organically. He wasn't, I don't think he was at that time a kid who, I don't think college was a given. I don't mm-hmm. think anything was a given. He didn't have a plan. And he one day just started asking me all these questions. It was so cool. Mm. I mean, here's somebody who's trying to uh, sort of map out his course and he comes to me, somebody he's known since he was one. And he didn't come just to me. I'm sure he asked a tree. I'm mm-hmm. sure he asked yeah. anyone who had answers. But that was uh, such a smart move on his on his behalf. And I feel like it was a nice growth in our relationship from him being sure. my little nephew to him being a young, you know, a young adult. Mm-hmm. And uh, he asked... Yeah, just question after question after question. It was good stuff. And I was just hanging out, I guess, waiting to be asked. You know what I mean? I didn't lead with getting in his business. Sure. And also, as you're saying this, and like Mm -hmm. you said, this is unfolding in real time. Mm -hmm. I think it also has to do with when you seek advice or you seek, seek mentorship, it would behoove you to do so with somebody who wouldn't be threatened by your eventual success. Oh, I want you to be good, but not better than me. The old parental trope. Right. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, yeah. and even in my grandfather's case, right? I mean, again, he was a union guy, uh, you know, worked at, uh, uh, where did he work at? Entenman's and he worked at, you know, these, uh, you know, mass produ- production bakeries. And uh, so if I'm talking about being an artist or being a, a, you know, a business owner, not, not a, you know, a mom and pop brick and mortar, but, you know, an actual company, a corporation and want to someday be the CEO driving, you know, the expensive car, it almost sounds like in that context that he would probably be jealous that that wasn't him and that basically from what i for what i'm shooting for he wouldn't have a relevance to my journey right but if he's thinking of the hard stuff that you don't think about now he's trying to make himself relevant in that regard yeah like you're gonna you're gonna want to ask me kid because i'm gonna know some things that you don't regardless relevant is the word i i i I know that as as we age especially you know especially when we if we're kind of, you know, plus or minus on the retirement age, we start to feel less relevant or significant, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, I, I totally get that. And there is, I think a smallness or a, a pettiness in, uh, parents or grandparents. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's, it's constantly kind of going like, you know, if, if you're getting into something, I don't know something about that. I can't control the conversation mm-hmm. or the narrative about, mm-hmm. then I'm going to cross my arms and treat it like a threat. Yes. And, yeah. and shit all over it, shoot it down, <laughs> poke holes in it. Yeah. Uh, Tell you, you know. why it's goddamn stupid. Yeah. Cause you're <laughs> supposed to be the smartest one in the room. Right. Especially yeah. when somebody younger than you is trying to, trying to, you know, dream about what they can do with themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and hopefully you and I have made that difference, you know, as we've kind of handed down 
leadership styles or parenting styles. It's like, no, the smartest one in the room right. doesn't shit on everyone's idea. The smartest one in the room goes, say more about that. Uh-huh. Yep. Let's go. Let's keep going. Because you're giving them the tools to unpack it, explore, speak to it stronger, you know, with more um, better articulation. You're not stuttering and stammering the next time you talk to somebody about it. You've unpacked it in a real in a um safe environment you know with someone who loves you you know i do that in meetings graham now that you mentioned that mm. where mm -hmm. i might know the answer to something and i'm gonna ask the team you know well what do you think how do you think we ought to approach this and let them come up with the idea and let and, and amongst ourselves we would debate it and i might ask a devil's advocate type question not to shit on it or shoot it down unless it's wholesale <laughs> ridiculous right but right. but rarely yeah. is it right so it's like okay well let's explore that and let's take that to its end and mm. i i think that people feel more empowered when you do that instead of you being the big pulsating brain you know mm. that cuts everything to the chase there's still a yeah. value in letting them explore even though you might know what the final answer really is but let them explore and let them go down that road and that path and then maybe if they arrive at something that maybe was kind of different than I would have approached, then I might throw out my idea. Well, what if we did it this way and let yeah. them, you yeah. know, and then let them poke holes in my idea, you know? Well, and, and what's nice about that is you might meet somewhere in the middle. Yes. You might connect your cogs with their cogs. Exactly. Shit starts rolling. Exactly. Yeah. And in terms of being supportive, I have because of those experiences, you know, with my dad and my grandfather. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, and I still love them. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like, you know, I spit on their grave or anything. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but basically I've also taken that to be like, that's not how I want to be with, with my kids. I want to support yeah. them. If they have a dream, yeah. no, I mean, and I'll let them, you know, go for it, you know, Hey, you know, if I can help, I'll help. I'm not going to do it for you. But, you know, uh, one year my youngest came home and, uh, from, from on leave and he wanted to buy a car. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, what kind of car did you want to buy? You know? And he's like, I want to buy a, a, a Challenger, you know, with a V8. I'm like, ah, the old muscle car with the V8, you know, when you're, uh, you know, only making a GI salary trick, huh? Okay. All right. <laughs> Can't even afford the tires. <laughs> well, and you know what? That was me. I wanted a, a Mustang. It was a Fox body Mustang back then, a 5.0. That was, you know, that was my ideal car. And I ended up getting a, a four-cylinder Nissan Pulsar because <laughs> reality sunk in. But I wasn't nice. going to, I wasn't going to shit on it for him. Be not because I wanted to see him crash and burn, <laughs> pardon the pun. Um, but I wanted him to understand and explore this so that he on his own would know whether or not it's re feasible, not some old coot telling him it's not, you know, and not even giving him a benefit of a doubt. So I'm like, okay, well, if you can make it work, that'd be, that'd be awesome. You know, the, uh, you know, I can even help you look. And so he downloaded some car apps and he's like, what do you think of this one, dad? I'm like, oh, that one's great. You know? And I said, uh, what's it say the payments are? And you know, the payments always give you the best case, you know, with $20,000 down and, yeah. you know, 1.8% interest, your, right. your car payment right. is only 350 bucks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know? And uh, so I'd let him do that. I'd say, well, you know, what does the payment say? And it says, oh yeah, well, it's a little high. And I said, okay. And 
how much do you have to put down? He goes, well, I don't really have a lot to put out. So instead of saying, you know, do you have a down payment? You know, are you ready to pay, you know, over half your salary and a car payment? Instead, right. I just ask him the questions that I would ask myself if I could afford something, right? Well, how much is it? You yeah, know? there's a lot of healthy psychology going on there because instead of him, um, you know, let's say he had to get a Geo Metro. Remember those? Yes, <laughs> yes. Let's say, let's say he ended up getting a Geo Metro, regardless of the conversation path mm-hmm. you two went on. He could either look at it... This stupid piece of shit, sorry, Metro or Geo or whoever the <laughs> hell you are. This stupid piece of shit car mm-hmm. is a decision I had to make because my dad told me so. Right. Or it's, I I own this decision. I was part of it. I'm ironically proud of this silly looking little car. And it's right now the best I can do, so... I'm just going to deal with this until I can afford more or better or both. Well, let's even take that a step further because once yeah. he once he understood that the Dodge Challenger wasn't going to be in the price range of a, you know, of an army corporal. Mm. Um he then started, you know, coming down in expectations. And so we went to go look at a couple of cars that he wanted. Again, he was home on leave. Uh, you know, great way to spend time, you know, with your, with your kid, you know, go out, look at cars, you know? And, um, and so he, you know, started looking at like, you know, used infinities and even that wasn't doable. I mean, the kid had no credit, right? I mean, he, yeah, right out of high school, went into the army kind of like mm-hmm. his old man did. And, um, and so I, I told him that I would co-sign for a lease for him. And I gave him a budget of what I was willing to co-sign for him. Well, actually my wife gave me the budget. <laughs> and so. Yeah. And, someone with some brains finally stepped in. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's the thing. My dad co-signed for me for that Pulsar because I was in the army and because he felt I was being responsible and he knew he felt he could trust me. And I, and I made sure that if, if, if I had to go without paying something, it wasn't going to be that car. That car always got paid because he believed in me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to pay that forward. And I said, okay, you know, I'll co-sign for you because I know you don't have established credit. This will help you get your credit, uh, but it's not going to be a Charger mm-hmm. or a Challenger mm-hmm. or any of them or an Infinity. It's going to have to be something within, you know, and I gave him the, the max price. And uh, I said, but if you want to go above that, I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying that if you go above that, you're going to have to do that without my help. And maybe somebody else like your mom might be able to help you. Mm-hmm. And so we we landed on a brand new Kia Forte. And it was a three-year lease. Mm-hmm. Okay. I co-signed and I ended up helping put some money down. So I said, whatever, whatever you have to put down, I'll double it. Or I'll match it, right? mm-hmm. you know. So he had about 500 bucks. I threw in 500. So he had a thousand dollars down. And so we got the payment where he felt he could be comfortable because don't forget also when you're that young, insurance is expensive. You know, even if you drive a big wheel, they're going to like charge you through the nose for insurance. (laughs) Right. So, um, so like me, when he bought his car, I'm sure it was a bigger financial hit than he realized, even though it was something he really didn't have his, his heart set on, Mm -hmm. but it was a car a new car. It had a lot of standard features that were luxury upgrades, you know, even Mm -hmm. just five years ago. Right. So 
it had it had everything and it was a four door not the two door he really wanted the two door but they didn't have the two door with the package that would keep the price into the range that we gave him so he had to go for the four door you know with a package that allowed him to stay within the budget and it hurt because i wanted him to get what he wanted but at the same time though when you introduce these kinds of limits you're not shitting on their dreams. If anything, you're fortifying them so that when they are able to get the one they really want, they did it, not their dad. You see? Yeah. Yeah. You're not giving them a trophy for showing up. You're showing that it takes hard right. work to get that trophy. Yes. Yeah. You don't just you don't just get to uh, join the military and, you know, even though you see a bunch of people in the military driving, you know, fancy cars you got to wonder how much how much of their of their pay is going toward that that damn car, you know. Oh man. I know like third hand a lot of those guys just get into all kinds of financial trouble cuz they think yes. I'm hooked up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, lo and behold, his lease is over this July. Mhm. And he'll have paid it off. Mm -hmm. Now, between that time that we uh, got him, you know, that we got his car. I didn't get him his car. He got his car. Mm -hmm. Between that time he got the car uh, and his reenlistment came up, he had, already, he had already made sergeant by that time and he reenlisted. So he got a nice bonus from the army for reenlisting. And he didn't tell us ahead of time, but he went out and used that and, and put a down payment on a motorcycle. So what he ended up doing now, granted, my wife and her mom are all flipping out about it. You know, oh my God, it's so dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, I wish, I wish I was a young sergeant again. <laughs> yeah. Freaking buy a bike. No, but he got himself a nice bike. He got mm -hmm. himself an Indian, um, mm -hmm. and it's a it's a Scout Bobber, Indian Scout Bobber, and nice. it's it's a badass bike. I mean, it's it's. It's not a starter bike, but he took riding courses. Mm -hmm. He didn't just take the uh, beginner. He took the intermediate and advanced. Um, you know, he only rides with his gear on. He doesn't yeah. go helmet and flip-flops and cargo shorts, you know. Right. Um, so he does it responsibly. Um, and, and I'm thinking, you know what, though? He didn't get the car he wanted. So he had to deal with this four-door, you know, economy car. But it had Apple CarPlay, power everything. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, again, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a jalopy by any means. I mean, right. it was, it actually had more standard features than my first car did, you know. Sure. And my first car was off the lot too. But in any case, he, on his own, went and got the bike. So now he's got a car and a bike. So whatever he, you know, if he's taking people around, he takes the car. If it's just him, you know, because a bobber is a one-seater only. So if it's just him, he takes his bike. Yeah. So now he gave himself options, yeah. and he paid for those options. That's right. See, somebody didn't swoop in and just give it to him. Yeah. He did that. Yeah. Right? So when his lease is up, who knows? He might, you know, trade it in for something else, maybe an upgrade or maybe something similar so he can kind of keep his payments. I mean, who knows? The the options are, are you know, many for him at this point, right? So I, that's what I try to do with my kids rather than smack them into reality, you know, with these abrupt, you know, statements that crush dreams. Instead, I invite them to explore that. But let's explore it with facts. Let's explore it with things that are real. But I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to ask you. And then you give the answer to yourself. 
And by answering those questions for yourself, you then realize, well, maybe it's too soon for me. Yeah, I think you gave him a solid uh, set of life tools, you know, and he might so. he might be more likely to include you in future big and small decisions rather than like go around you because he's like, oh, you know, I started doing that with my mom. I just went around her. My f- <laughs> my first off the lot car um, was my third car, and my parents had to co-sign. I had no. I was in my teens. I had no credit, and this was in this was here in Texas. Mm-hmm. It was a freaking Toyota, Tur- a used Toyota Tercel, standard transmission, no frills, n- cloth seats, nothing. <laughs> and uh, the mo- mo- they picked it out and kind of just like showed up with it. And the monthlies were like two hundred and some change. The freaking insurance monthly was 300 and some change. So I'm in my teens staring at a $550 auto expense, you know, yes. not, not, the, not even touching on gas and maintenance, just exactly. And that was some shit, but it was character building, you know? Mm-hmm. So what I think what it, what it helped me do was like, okay, so I had to pay such a high insurance premium because young male drivers between 18 and 25 or whatever yes, exactly. are the worst. So let's bleed them. Mm-hmm. And so keeping a really clean driving record helped me drive the insurance down so I could afford mm-hmm. more car. And that's what I did progressively year after year. So two cars after that, I was driving a, a brand new forerunner, you know, mm-hmm. still staying roughly within that same price range. Nice. It was, nice. yeah, it was crazy. So, um, I, I identify and empathize with his plight, but those are good lessons, right? And they're lessons where he's not driving a car that's unsafe. He's not driving it off of one of these, you know, pop-up used car lots, right? right? I mean, it had a warranty yeah. or it has a warranty still. And all, I mean, I thought, you know what, Grant, I mean, look, unless you're a trust fund kid, you're not going to, your first car is not going to be a Corvette. Now, the hard part was the boys did go to a high school where, you know, it was kind of a wealthier high school. So there were a lot of wealthy parents buying their kids Corvettes and Mustangs and you name it, uh, not just forerunners, but, you know, some of them would even drive, uh, you know, what are some of the fancier ones, uh, Land Rovers, you know what I'm saying? It's like, so unless you're one of them kids, your first yeah. car isn't going to be the dream car. It's going to have to right. be one that you sure. can afford yeah. to care and feed for. And then like you did, Graham, and like, actually like I did too, you kind of work your way up and you start trading yeah you start trading expenses but then your income increases but again by the time your kids see mm-hmm. see what you've done you've already put in decades of work and they want to just <laughs> shortcut yeah. all of that right so again i don't fault them for it because i i went through the same thing but i i like helping them explore you know what is feasible what's not and let them decide on their own what is and what is it without me telling, because when you tell somebody they're going to resent you, right. they figure it out on their own. They're like, oh, wow, yeah. okay, I don't, I don't know how I thought I could get away with that, you know, but that is an awful lot of money, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Good stuff. You ready for your break? Yeah, let's take a little break. All right, man. 
Want the show notes for what Mike, Jay, and Graham talked about during this episode? Head over to hdtwoshow.substack.com and subscribe to our email list to have the show notes delivered right to your inbox. All right, we are back. Uh, so uh, on the break, you had mentioned that you're just dying to ride. I know it's foggy out, but you'd mentioned you're just dying to get out there mm-hmm. and um, on your bike and, you know, take some trails and what have you. And it kind of reminds me of these uh, Geico commercials about the motorcycles, right? So uh, mm-hmm. there's a series of commercials where somebody's on the bike and they're singing to like a white snake song and they're, you know, they're jamming out while they're on their bike. Yeah. And then they come back to reality and they're like at a wedding, yeah, you know, or they're like in a dental chair, you know, yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah. looking at people weird because yeah. they were, you know, in their mind on the motorcycle singing. In, right. So, so I noticed that when it's, when it's the guys that are doing this daydream, right. Mm-hmm. And they're getting, they're getting down and then they come back to reality and everybody's looking at them like they have a third eye, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, somebody will say something smart ass like, well, you owe me 3250 wild thing, you know, to so, so some woman, you know, being, <laughs> being a smart ass. So they had one the other day that's, that's actually a female doing it. So she's singing, you know, you build me up buttercup. So she's on her bike and she's singing, you know, you build me up buttercup, yeah. you know, and she's, and she's at a, at a, a parts store or something. And so she snaps back to reality and she's at the counter of a parts store and everybody's kind of looking at her. Not like she has the third eye. They're looking at her. Right. And then the girl behind the counter starts singing, you know, picking up where she left off. And then you see the mechanic come out from behind the car singing along, you know, into his yeah. into his wrench. Yeah. You know, it's like, so why is it when the guys do it, right? They're yeah. complete and utter idiots. But when the girl does it, you know, the whole block wants to say Let's do it. Yeah. what the hell yeah. is it with that? You can't have spontaneous <laughs> moments of emotion. <laughs> You're a man. You're a man. You're not allowed. And you're just weird. Yeah. <laughs> but if a girl does it, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, when you become a certain age, you're public enemy number one. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. And I had to point it out to my wife. I go, do you believe this? And she didn't, it didn't click. And I said, yeah. everyone's singing and everyone's happy. But when the guy does it, everyone's looking at him like, dude, really? <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. There's, a, uh, there's a channel um that shows like the old uh i guess they're sitcoms it's like all in the family and then that spin-off show that archie bunker went to do yeah and like alice you know with mel's diner like those yes. real old obscure maybe under celebrated but definitely wow this stuff they <laughs> you can't <laughs> you can't uh, say things like that to people anymore. <laughs> exactly, and, and frankly, I'm surprised they they they're still allowed to be to be seen. Yeah, I know, it, and and they they knowingly were tackling difficult topics, but with yes. uh, a van- on purpose, a on yeah on purpose, but with a uh, time sealed vernacular that you just that doesn't carry over. Yeah, yeah, God. exactly. I'm even seeing reruns from even like four or five years ago, uh, like uh, my wife loves Two and a Half Men. Mm. So we're watching Two and a Half Men reruns mm-hmm. and they'll they'll throw something out there. Uh, often they'll throw things out there and I'm like, if that was a brand new show today, that wouldn't fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that would, that would definitely, uh, 
be the big C canceled. <laughs> <laughs> cancel. You're canceled. I cancel you. Yeah, exactly. You can't cancel me. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah. So on the, on the last two segments, we, d- we talked about, you know, efficiency and productivity mm-hmm. as, you know, kind of a means to get ahead, mm-hmm. uh, stay on top of your, your, not just your work week, but your goals and how to also get some of your time back in addition to protecting your time from the, the time bandit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we talked about um, how your diet really made a difference uh, as well as your, your, your discipline for, for riding, riding your bike on a regular basis, not talking yourself out of it, but actually going with it and embracing it and sometimes forcing yourself to do it to which then you're glad you did afterwards. Uh, and then you talked about your eating plan and how you just felt better by changing up your diet. Or actually, if I recall, you went back to kind of a diet that your family had more or less embraced when you were on your 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 uh, farm, right? Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was... Or did you tweak it? It was such a progression. Um, yeah, you might, you might say it was maybe kind of an echo of that because it was one thing in the, in the sort of halcyon days of that sustainable living was we were eating a lot of whole foods, you know, it was Mm -hmm. meat and it was potatoes and it was (laughs) veggies and they weren't processed. You know, they, Mm -hmm. they were given what we gave them. We didn't use pesticides my mom used two kids with idle hands to keep the bugs <laughs> and all that stuff off. The <laughs> um, so yeah, I, th- I think I was able to lean on that a good bit and go, okay, this mm-hmm. at least kind of like squares me off. This is something that's familiar and, and I know about this and, you know, and then I'd learn like, well, certain foods make me feel a certain way. And again, this is like, as I aged, my body needed different things. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I cut out pork, cut out beef over time. And we're talking like five year stretches, you know, okay. and then I, I was just all chicken and fish. That was pretty much primarily it with the occasional, you know, bacon and still, I just wanted to feel better. I know I I just had this snapshot of the best healthy version of me from when I was around like 22, 23. I mean, mm-hmm. serious, or, or 18 to 24, that, that demographic where yeah. you're young and dumb and you, you can run for 80 miles and run 10 more. Yes. And stay up for 48 hours straight and not even break a sweat. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, I know that's unrealistic to try to manufacture that and, you know, when you're twice as old, but um, there was a spirit there that I was really, like, I didn't want to um, feel old. I didn't want to, nobody wants to become old, but you can't control that, but I didn't want to look or feel like an old man and so I and I knew and I and I know this a lot of our problems are saying it again what we shove in our mouth and what we do or Mm -hmm. don't do with our body right Mm -hmm. it's we we have so much control over that and um so cutting out meat wasn't um 
it wasn't for the animals. <laughs> yeah. They're cute, but they're here to be chomped yeah. on. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just the way things are stacked up. <laughs> it, it was for me. It was 100% for me, and I wanted to um, be the best version of me. And so it, it wasn't this like, oh, meat, bad, vegetable, good. It was just this mm-hmm. experimentation. And so when you stop eating chicken... There's a big gaping hole, right? And where do you transfer mm-hmm. that satiation? Where do you where do you find satisfaction? And you just got to try new things, you know. And I'll I'll say this is my own opinion. Trying to eat something that's pretending to be chicken, that's a plant, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not going to do it for you. It, it's more mm-hmm. likely going to come in the form of heartier vegetables. I mean, and, and knowing what is in these vegetables. I, I remember um, I asked somebody, I was like, hey, do you like broccoli? And like, without missing a beat, with ranch was the response. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, but uh, more about broccoli. Can we get back to broccoli? <laughs> I was asking you if you liked broccoli. Because <laughs> everything tastes good with ranch on it. So <laughs> you get a sense of where people are coming from, you know, with the way they mm-hmm. see food and, and their likings and dislikes. So, me filling the chicken void, I feel so silly talking about this, but like was seek out vegetable, non-meat and non-processed. These are the things you're trying to get away from that give you the bad mm-hmm. gut feels. Um, uh, try new stuff, try new stuff that is vegetables and fruits. And it's, a, it's amazing. It's been a really fun ad- adventure. And you know what? I'll come clean. The hardest thing for me to eliminate was um, cheese or the plant-based likeness of cheese. Cheese is its own food group. Let's just admit that. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. And it's an essential one if you ask me. Yeah, exactly. It's part of it's part of a stable diet or whatever you want to call it. And um, I've – there's a few processed, you know, and I'm not str- strangely um, – like the rules aren't too strict around it, but I, I do try to not eat a lot of processed foods. But mm-hmm. these plant-based cheeses, man, they fill the gap. Like it's really, it's. I might have to try one of them. Yeah, it's it's hard uh, to just completely walk away from cheese. It's sure. it's like a bad boyfriend or a bad girlfriend. <laughs> well, and you mentioned about filling the void with chicken. Uh, you know, with vegetables. And I would, I would think that there are also vegetables that are pretty meaty, like mushrooms come to mind Mm. as a meaty vegetable. And high in protein. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you know, I mean, let's look at chicken Parmesan, right? Right. You can have chicken Parmesan or you can have eggplant Parmesan. Right. Right. You know, and an eggplant's kind of meaty too in the way that it's presented on, on a Parmesan. Right. So if, if somebody was to be interested in, you know, maybe not full on vegan or, um, but do want to make some, some lifestyle changes. Um, and, and we both know that if you do something too much, too drastic, Mm. it's not going to stick. Right. So, you know, much in the same vein as the, you know, the productivity methodologies and what have you, what would you recommend for somebody to kind of, you know, that wants to feel better after they eat, they want to kind of change up their diet, but again, not overnight, what would you recommend for somebody to start out in a way that it has a good chance of, of sticking? 
I think there's a couple ways you could go at it. One one way would be like we all have. I feel like a, a meal in the day that's our most important, or that we somehow assign importance to over the other three or mm-hmm. six, depending on how you eat. <laughs> um, like 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 eating more of a vegan diet. I'm hungry a lot more often, right? And okay, that's important to know. It yeah. is because what you're um, ideally what you're creating is a really clean burning furnace in your gut. So any clean, you know, using a furnace and in, in wood burning analogy, mm-hmm. all that clean, unprocessed, non meat food is like a dry log, a nice dry log, and it's just going to burn right up. Mm. Versus throwing a big you know, wet log on the fire and it's just going to kind of <laughs> smolder for about six hours <laughs> and smoke and it, it might mm. burn, but it's going to need some help. Um, mm. So typically get hungry um, a lot more often and I have no guilt about that. Like I, I enjoy eating for the most part. It, the way my life is structured now, it's more of a utility. You just eat to not be hungry. But I do enjoy it. You know, it's not a burden. I, I look forward to certain meals. But anyway, getting back to the answering the question, maybe start with the the meal or meals that that are kind of least um, important in your day. Those maybe they're the utility meals. Try going vegan during those. That way you won't feel slighted if you're unhappy with how you feel after. You're like, whoa, I'm super gassy after <laughs> eating, you know, <laughs> uh, a vegan breakfast. Or mm-hmm. And it's it's simple. It's stuff you already eat, you know. It might be oatmeal, you know. Um, some and, and look, some people are, uh, what do you want to call it, extremists. Those exist mm-hmm. in every faction, right? Yes. To me... Honey falls into the vegan uh, sort of spectrum. Yeah, bees slobbered all over it and chewed on it and (laughs) and spit it into some holes and we went and harvested it. But it's just bee spit, you know. It's not, it it, it is what it is, just like tea is dirty water. It is. Okay, all right. So it... Thanks for ruining honey for me, but okay, we'll go with that. Well, knowing where your food comes from. (laughs) Um... That, yeah, I feel like, you know, those Peruvian women that chew on like sugar cane and then spit it into a bucket and they make this kind of like yeah. fermented beer or something like in the Andes. No. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. I think they were inspired by the bees. <laughs> um, where was I? So <laughs> that way, if you, if you have an unsatisfactory experience, you're, you're not sort of, there's no resentment created. You're like, oh, damn it, that's not working. You've got your your big important meal. You can go all out, go ham on it. Okay. But um, it's, a, it's at least a way to dip your toe, you know. Or the other way is completely inverted, is like take the meal that, that you often feel the most regret around, the one where you're like, you get a little too wild. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. just completely- like a buffet lunch or something. Yeah, <laughs> completely supplement that with a very hearty vegan meal and just compare how you feel. And it might not take the first time. You know, your body's going to have all that stuff still kind of flowing around. It might take mm-hmm. a week of doing it. Give it, give it time. 
and it's specific to the person where you're at mentally in your life, your body type, your bloodline and heritage, you know, your lifestyle. It's all very mm-hmm. specific. So I'm trying not to be prescriptive. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was just like a, a, a decade and a half of this progression. And I would say that if anyone does doubt the effectiveness of, you know, an eating plan, like you say, an eating plan that may, that leaves you <laughs> perpetually hungry, <laughs> uh, which means you're, you're, you're always trying to satisfy that. So you're always eating. You're, you're probably grazing throughout the day uh, to some degree, right? Well, you know, at, at first I was, I'll, I'll, I'll be clear. And, and I know that I wasn't, at first I was just like eating and eating and eating, but then you just, you establish a norm and it's, it's like three squares now with a couple snacks in between. Yeah. Okay. Now, even with that though, with, even with that, you have lost a, a really healthy amount of weight. Mm-hmm. Again, I didn't see you as overweight before, but you were saying you're borderline obese. Um, and you have gotten down to a weight that you hadn't seen since your twenties or was it high school? I hadn't seen this weight since I was training for a marathon. And gotcha. it, these were in the later days of training. So, you know, where you're jogging up to 16 miles in prep. And then on the weekends, you're doing light stuff just to keep in the habit. Yeah, I did. I lost about 30 pounds. 30 pounds. And did you ever like pass out on the trail because you didn't have enough nutrition no, hell <laughs> enough, no. enough nutrients in your body and enough fuel no nope not no. at all and it it doesn't have to be supplemented you know with like all these supplemental waters or mm-hmm. um you know powder supplements or anything but i'll say after doing one of those workouts you get there's some vegan chocolate uh protein plant-based protein powder okay banana ice Almond milk, maybe some peanut butter. You're having a rock and smoothie after one of those. Like that's that's the reward, and it feels indulgent, but it's all plant based. I'm not a vegan, and that that still sounds good to me. <laughs> I mean, that sounds yeah, really good. <laughs> keep some frozen cherries and have uh-huh. a cherry chocolate smoothie after. It's you know it's all there, and it's so easy now. We just have options galore. You know, that's good to know because I think some eating plans are off-putting because either it's hard to find what you need to stay with it, you know, or the food that you would need to stay with it is so damn expensive that it's cheaper Mm -hmm. just to be on that fast food binge just because, you know, a organic head of lettuce is going to cost you eight bucks. Whereas, you know, uh, a double cheeseburger is going to cost you three, you know, <laughs> I mean, they, well, and fast food is deliberately designed that way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to shit on it some more. Yeah. You know, it's made out of yoga mats and <laughs> horse meat. Um, <laughs> I mean, of course I'm going to have like strong opinions. Right. And, and I'm just halfway fucking around, but it's, it's specifically designed to be cheap and, and, addictive you know i um i read i actually i learned the other day um how you can tell if someone's a vegan do you know how to tell if someone's a vegan Mm-mm. they'll tell you oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah they leave hey you want to know if someone's um a recovering alcoholic <laughs> Man. 
they will preach and preach. <laughs> they're, they're preaching their gospel, man. Yeah. Uh, I worked with a guy who was vegan, and at the time, I was full on omnivore. Uh, this was like seven years ago. And I had mentioned something about veal, and he basically jumped my shit. He's like, don't you know how they're treated? I'm like, yeah, but they're delicious. <laughs> you know? And look, I grew up, like I said, you're petting a goat yesterday or yeah. a pig or a chicken or a rabbit or a duck, and you're eating it today. <laughs> that was just very real. And I'm deeply scarred from it. <laughs> no, I just understand where this stuff comes from. And, and there's no mystery. There's nothing um, brutally bad about it. You know, it's, it was a sustainable lifestyle, um, which kicks the shit out of, like, have you ever seen how some of the mass-produced chickens? Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, 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 we can deny ourselves that here I go, I'm preaching. <laughs> we can, you can deny yourself the truth. <laughs> or you can live in it and it'll set you free. I just want to know, though, if you're friendly with a goat or a pig one day and it's on your dinner table the next, didn't that impact your like all your relationships? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it probably does. You're, like, you're just going to die. Yeah. Why would I even talk to you? You're just tomorrow's dinner, pal. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. There's probably some residual psychology in there that screws with all my relationships. <laughs> Should we uh, check on your wife and daughter on a, <laughs> on a regular basis? <laughs> yeah, you probably should. Um, I, I probably need to f uh, flesh that out. But I, it used to mess with my sister more. Did it? Um, and being the younger jerk brother, I leaned into that hard. <laughs> Uh, I won't even, it's, it's callous and it's horrible sibling stuff, but uh, I'd have her crying. <laughs> well, it's your sacred duty as a younger brother, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I was up to task. <laughs> now, uh, one thing I, uh, going back to the lifestyle of, you know, and different eating plans, one thing yeah. I've noticed, and maybe you can clarify this is that, uh, my wife and I, we, we embrace low carb and, and I double that with intermittent fasting yeah, so that when yeah. I am eating, I'm not introducing sugars into my body that my body would have to go into overdrive to process. Right. But one thing we noticed when going low carb is we were having uh, withdrawals from sugar mm. Mm -hmm. but also processed foods like breads and pastas. We were actually having actual withdrawals. When you go, you know, into a vegan uh, lifestyle of eating, do you have any similar withdrawal symptoms or any sim similar effects that are short term, but might that somebody might think, oh my God, I can't do this anymore because this is going to last forever, but it's really short term. If that's happened to me, I wasn't aware of it. I've, really? Uh, and, and, it, and I think it's specific to my body type. And I'll give you an example. Uh, or, or my blood type or what, whatever, you know, my uh, astrological sign. <laughs> um, I drink coffee every day. It's part of my morning ritual. It's sacred to me. Mm -hmm. If I don't have coffee, my body doesn't give a shit. I, I don't 
you know, caffeine, you know, it's yeah. a drug. Yes. Sh- sugar could be categorized as a drug. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife, if she doesn't, if she's not a heavy tea drinker, a heavy coffee drinker. She just wants her one cup of tea a day. Mm-hmm. She would experience little, like she has a, a, you could say she has a sensitive system. So I think oh. knowing yourself like that, like um, I also could drink, and this was in my, you know, 20s, my raging 20s, I could drink a can of Coke and go to bed. You know, some people, mm-hmm. go, I'd be bouncing off the walls. I just didn't have a sensitive system. Right. Which sounds, um, uh, what's the word, uh, conflicting or counter to the things I'm talking about because my diet is the, the end result of me listening to my body. You know, maybe my body wasn't screaming it. I really had to lean in and listen. I had to pay attention. Like knowing, all right, this is going to get, um, I don't want it to get weird, but inflammation is one of the biggest causes of disease mm-hmm. in, in our our bodies and probably with the animals and stuff, but I don't listen to their doctors, <laughs> you know, <laughs> knowing um, when your body has, recognizing when your body has some inflammation, it's pretty important. Yes. But, you know, we're not all doctors and then we don't all listen and our body doesn't scream it. It just kind of whispers it in the wind. And if you're not paying attention, could because understandably you're not, you're just going through your day, um, you know, (laughs) over committing yourself to other people's needs. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not going to hear it. You're not going to act on it. And your body's going to kind of go through its cycle of trying to handle this inflammation. It's being drowned out. And and it's funny that you mentioned inflammation because one of the one of the biggest benefits of intermittent fasting is that it helps to reduce inflammation. And so when you're talking about, you know, eating a, a, you know, a cleaner, uh, you know, diet and then intermittent fasting is the removal of, you know, foods, not, not removal of the amount of time you spend eating food, you compress Mm -hmm. it into a window. And if you're outside that window, you just simply don't take in food. You take in water. Definitely. You don't, Mm -hmm. you don't dehydrate yourself, but but the the whole purpose of it is to reduce inflammation, which obviously has to do with a lot of things. You know, if, if you catch colds a lot, it could have to do with inflammation in certain areas of your body that would normally uh, fight those things off before they even manifest. You see, um, obviously your belly fat, that's inflammation. Your, you know, so there's a lot that you can gain health wise from reducing inflammation and however you go about it, whether it's eating clean or whether it's intermittent fasting or, you know, doing a low carb type keto deal, which would also serve to help reduce inflammation um, because you're, you're using, you know, protein and you're leveraging ketones in a way that, that feeds your body that in a healthier way that feeds your body than, than glucose ever could. Right. So maybe the common denominator here is that inflammation. So if, if, if you're listening and and you're thinking, man, I want to do something different. I want, I just want to feel better. Um, maybe investigate what might work best for you in terms of reducing that inflammation. Right. So if it's vegan, if it's, uh, keto, if it's intermittent fasting, if it's a vegetarian, Whatever works for you to help reduce inflammation, I think that's right there, the one, the one target that if you can hit, you'll see success of some, 
you know, in some way for you. Yeah. And, and to be thorough, uh, we've talked about reducing inflammation through abstinence, but there's actually foods that help fight inflammation. Um, going back to our friend, the pineapple ring mm. from earlier in, the show, okay, in this nice. episode, you know, that's just one of hundreds or thousands. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but you can actually take in whole foods that will help reduce your, your uh, own inflammation. Again, this is not um, medical advice. I'm the furthest <laughs> thing from a doctor, and it depends on you specifically. Yes. Yeah. I mean, certainly do your research, consult your consult your doctor, because when you do change your way of eating, your body will uh, experience some kind of shock, whether you notice it or not. If you don't notice it like Graham, or you do notice it like me when I was having my withdrawals, your body will experience some kind of a shock because you're, you're changing up what it, what it's used to. And as we know, any kind of change is disruptive, right? So, yeah. so definitely approach it with caution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Remind me again, um, how long you were fasting for? So it, it varies for me. Um, nowadays when I fast, I will eat within probably an eight hour window. So I won't eat until dinner most times. So it's not even an eight hour window. It's probably more like a four or six hour window that I'll eat. So I, I won't eat until dinner time. I'll eat dinner and I'll even have a little dessert um, mm -hmm. might even have, you know, a Pepsi or a Coke with my, with my dinner. And I, and that is kind of frowned mm -hmm. upon, but Hey, you know, if you want it sustainable, you got to make it work for you. You do. Yep. And, uh, and so then once I'm done eating for the night, you know, I don't get a snack right before bed. So I'll stop eating, you know, maybe a couple hours before bed. And then the next morning I'll get up, I'll have my coffee with stevia and sugar-free coffee creamer. Mm -hmm. um, which is low in the carb count. So if I can stay under five grams of carbs, I'm not breaking my fast. Okay. Mm -hmm. And okay. so I'll have coffee and then I'll have one of the, those, uh, sugar-free, um, you know, iced teas, um, that come in the bottle, the Lipton bottles are sugar-free, no carbs, or I'll drink, uh, you know, flavored propel water, which has electrolytes or just plain old water throughout the day. And then, like you said, the one important meal, I'll, I'll, I'll just go all in. I'll have what I want and as much as I want until I'm full. You're going 16 to 20 hour stretches. 16 to 20 hour stretches. Um, mm -hmm. When I really feel like I need to um, shock my body in a good way, I'll do a 48 hour fast. Um, it's not as hard as it sounds if you've done it at least once before, but you've got to do it very carefully. Mm -hmm. You have, like you uh, had mentioned, you really have to listen to your body. Um, mm -hmm. You're going to get headaches. You're going to get dizziness. So if you're going to do it, do it at a time where, you know, maybe on a weekend where you're, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to really focus on a lot because you are going to lose some focus and concentration, dizzy spells. You might even get sleepy and just kind of take a nap uh, because you're going to feel kind of lethargic. But once you come out the other side of that, you're going to feel energetic because your body's then releasing ketones. So your brain is going to feel a lot sharper. I mean, you're going to feel like, like you're on some kind of a super drug because the ketones flowing through your body are just like working wonders for you. Okay. And so when you come out the other side, although you might've had a hard hardship in the middle of it, when you come out the other side, you're going to feel 
you know, a lot better. But again, consult your doctor before you do something that extreme. So I'll go two days, uh, 48 hours, if I really want to shock the body. You know, maybe maybe I've kind of been off off the wagon for a little bit, and I want to get back into it. I'll go the mm-hmm. the forty eight hours to announce to my body, "Hey, we're back, and we're going back <laughs> to fasting." You know? Here's the deal, you. <laughs> well, you, as you were explaining that, it's really struck me how different our approaches are because I feel like, um, you know, we can rise to any occasion. We're mm-hmm. mighty human beings. Um, not every moment of the day, but I just think about, uh, that amount of fasting. I'm like, Oh God, I couldn't, I just couldn't, I I know somewhere inside me I could. Mm -hmm. And so knowing yourself, you know, I've chosen a kind of like a steady drip of this, 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 and this, Mm -hmm. like constantly being rewarded Mm -hmm. with, you know, whether it's exercise or clean diet. And that's what works for me. And mm-hmm. you're doing something that it sounds like works for you. It does when I do it consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I'm not consistently, I mean, consistently. Um, there have been times where I, you know, I mean, I'll get on the scale and I'll be like, whoa, don't, you know, I mean, I'm not danger zone. I didn't like gain back everything mm-hmm. that I had lost. But if I do see it trending upwards, then I'll I'll definitely do a, you know, a more consistent fast. Like I'll do it for like three days where all I eat is dinner. Wow. You know? Um yeah. now when it comes to the intermittent fasting, you know, during the the spring and the summer when we go on our morning bike rides, mm-hmm. um, I will I will ride on a fasted state. So I have nothing in my body from the night before. And after my body has finished digesting the food I ate for dinner, um, it can then focus on repairing other parts of the body that need attention. But your body tends to take most of its uh, energy and, and most of its uh, resources to digest food. So if it's, yeah. not, if it's not being taken up by doing that, it can actually repair other parts of your body. And that's mm-hmm. when you release good hormones for your body. So, you know, your brain cells, you know, and your, your, your body cells, your, you know, diseases get fought off easier, uh, you know, all these good things. So when we go on our morning bike rides, I ride on a fasted, in a fasted state. And by the time we're done with the bike ride, I'll take a shower and I'll drink a bunch of water, you know, after the bike ride. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, w- one time we went on a bike ride, Graham, and I kid you not, I came home, drank a bunch of water, you know, so I'm putting stuff in my body, but it's water, but, and I take a shower and I go step on the scale. I lost five pounds in one day. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's not water weight because, you know, when you're, it, it, it's, it's actual fat because your body is burning the fat for fuel instead of the food mm-hmm. you just ate. The food you just ate is glucose, right? So if you're in a fasted state. Are you talking about losing five pounds from, um, like you went to bed and then after the ride that morning? Yeah, from the day before. You, yeah, if I weighed the day yeah, before, I fasted yeah. that day, ate dinner. Then the next morning, you and I go on a bike ride before I put anything mm-hmm. in my body, you know. Yeah. And even after drinking water, you, again, you're adding weight when you drink water. You would think it'd be, you know, wouldn't be as drastic of a weight loss. So I can only imagine that if I don't drink water and, and weigh myself before I drink any water, what that would look like. But five sure. pounds after drinking water, you know, I, to me, I'd like, I, to me, that's just like amazing. And because I am overweight, so fasting doesn't work for every, if you're lean, you're, there's nothing really, 
you know, you can fast to maintain, but if you're lean, you don't really have to do a lot of fasting because you have no fat for your body to feed on. But a guy who's, you know, really overweight like me, I've got fuel for days, you see. So realistically, I could go, you know, 15, 30 days without food, not without water, but I could go 15, 30 days without food realistically because I have enough fat for my body to live on, okay, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 amazing when you start getting that. Um, it's so it's amazing for so many reasons. To one, think about being that uh, sort of unaware and disconnected from mm-hmm. your body. You know, like not seeing your mind and body as like two systems that are trying to work closely together. To to then dive in and start kind of making these lifestyle adjustments, these diet choices that have typically positive outcomes Mm -hmm. that are very specific to the individual. That's, I think that's, a, um, you know, it's along with knowing where your food comes and how your body reacts to it. (laughs) And yeah, it's important. It's important. Yeah. Uh, When I rejoined the army, I lost 80 pounds doing low carb and I was also working out uh, the apartment complex I lived in had a gym. So I was working out on all the Nautilus equipment. Um, Well, I would alternate it. So I was working out six days a week while eating low carb. And then I would give myself one day each week where I wouldn't work out and I would eat whatever I wanted, anything, and as much as I had wanted. Mm -hmm. So spaghetti, candy, you know, uh, you know, breakfast cereals, whatever I wanted, I would eat and as much as I would want. And then the other six days I was um, eating low carb and, and, and working out and I lost 80 pounds doing that. Uh, now yeah. introduce the intermittent fasting. And what I, what I, what I know of me is that when it comes to food, other things I can, I can have moderation, but when it comes to food, I have a very hard time with moderation. So with Mm -hmm. low carb, I can eat more of what's acceptable in low carb without having to measure or limit. So I can just eat until, until I I feel like it's time to stop. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I can, you know, eat until I feel stuffed because that my body doesn't know when to shut that off. And yet it doesn't have as detrimental effect as if I ate until I was stuffed eating, you know, burgers and cheesecake and, you know, and ice cream, right? Now, when you introduce the fasting, it's funny because you'd mentioned that you should listen to your body. And I agree. But when it comes to fasting, it's almost the opposite. You want to ignore your body because... <laughs> yeah. 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 Shut up down there. <laughs> well, and that's the thing because you're, you're, what you think are hunger pangs are not. Hunger, hunger pangs, there's, there's true hunger and then there's perceived hunger. Okay, the perceived hunger is a hormone called ghrelin that you actually can train. So if you eat, you know, breakfast, you know, between eight and nine o'clock every day, and you eat lunch between 12 and one every day, and you eat dinner between five and six every day, you're you're training that ghrelin hormone that if you go beyond that, it's going to start grumbling your your stomach. And you think that's hunger pangs, and it's going to make a lot of noise because you train the ghrelin to say, hey, time to eat. Why aren't we eating? 
you told me, you know, yeah. every day for the last three months that we eat between eight and nine, right? And between 12 and one and between five and six, and yet there's no food. Yeah. Why? So it's yeah. going to make noise What's to remind you. So you can retrain it. Mm -hmm. So you almost have to ignore the ghrelin, ignore the rumblings, because that's not true hunger. And then right. as you get into and used to intermittent fasting, you can do two things. Number one, you can recognize it. And then secondly, um, it doesn't appear as regularly anymore because the ghrelin, your body is training the ghrelin to say, yeah, we could eat whenever. You don't know when. <laughs> you don't right. know me. Right. So, you know, we're going to eat when I say we eat. <laughs> and, uh, and that kind of goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Just sit yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. So don't mistake. You get, you get what exactly. you get. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So don't, don't, so people think, oh, I've got a grumble in my tummy. I'm going hungry. You're not. <laughs> You're not. Yeah. yeah. You got to push past. Yeah. You got to push past that cushy first world mm -hmm. lifestyle you create. Well, for yes, exactly. So, yeah. So that's, that's, that's important. But it's, it's again, consult your, your physician. It's knowing when to listen and when to not listen because sometimes they're fake signals, right? They're signals, you mm. know, that are, um, that are made to think. May, made to make you think one thing when really it's another. The reality is another. So, Right. Yeah. Yeah. An important delineation. Exactly. Well, I think, uh, man, we touched on some, some good things today. We talked about productivity and efficiency, right? Methodologies, right? On how to approach that efficiency, right? Some are very structured. Some are a little more loosely organized and in my opinion, the best ones that uh, that you can adopt are the ones that come to you organically as a mixture of a lot of different things and even things that you try and determine whether they work or don't work uh, and then get rid of those that don't. Uh, then we talked about your bike rides along with your eating lifestyle, uh, being uh, you know vegan in terms of lifestyle, but also the benefits that it's given you. Uh, and mm -hmm. then I think we touched on here on if you wanted to get started in veganism, some some small changes you could make uh, and then do it gradually so you have a better chance of sticking with it. Uh, and then, we, you know, of course, because I, I couldn't uh, be outmatched. I had to talk about intermittent fasting and low carb is yet another alternative uh, to a, a healthier eating lifestyle that essentially achieves something very similar to veganism, and that is to reduce inflammation, which seems to be the mm -hmm. root source of a lot of ailments, whether they be colds and flus or whether they be, you know, um, achy knees, um, cancer, cancer, bad skin, you know, acne, all of those yeah. things do result from inflammation. So I think we've given, given you, uh, you know, quite a few options to look into if you want to feel better. Uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, which then can also help you to achieve your best. Yeah. And we, always, we also talked about how our elders have a superhero ability to kill our <laughs> dreams with, with one With question. superhuman strength, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and how to maybe um, stop the cycle, break the chain, and help guide um, our, our up-and-comers and our juniors with leadership through conversation, let them own their decisions, but just kind of help them, give them those tools and, and, and do it in a way where hopefully they'll keep coming to you when they have a problem because their problems only get mm -hmm. bigger. And if they're keeping that too close to their chest, um, 
it's it can be detrimental. Well, and also let's not be threatened by the success of our younger generation. Let's encourage them to succeed well beyond ours, our successes, because that's how we we truly do build a better world. And let's not let let's get away from saying no when somebody says they want to do this or that. Instead of saying no, encourage them to think about how they would get there, uh, because if if everything was no, we wouldn't have you know electric vehicles like Tesla. We wouldn't have, you know, computers like Apple and, and Microsoft. If everybody lived in a world of no, or, hey, that's that's out of your league or out of your grasp, there's no reason you should be looking into that. Um, we really owe it to not just ourselves, but to our future generation to get away from that and say, instead saying, well, how can I help you with that? That's right. And they can have their own, how did that work out story. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so I, I think uh, that that's our higher mission is to help everybody uh, think of a how did that work out uh, scenario that uh, was a successful uh, one that worked out. So yeah, man, good stuff. All right. Very good stuff. So uh, I think that's it for today. And uh, wish you a great rest of your weekend there, Graham. Yeah, it's the end of the weekend. It's the end of February, almost. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, gingerly stepping into the last month of Q1, if you can believe it or not. Oh, boy. The time is flying already, but that ha- yeah. that's, that's what happens when you get older. But uh, hopefully you get out to g- and get a bike ride in there, Graham. Let me know how it goes if you do. And uh, I'm going to do it. you out there. I'm going to yeah, do it. Yeah, do it, man. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I can't wait to hear that hear how that worked out. And uh for the rest of you out there, let's uh let's talk next week. Looking forward to it and uh y'all have a great week. For more HDTWO content and the latest show updates, like and follow our Facebook page, Instagram account, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at HDTWO Show. Don't forget to tell your friends. <laughs>